Oh boy. Oh boy. Indeed. It's July 4th, baby. Happy July 4th. What time is it again? It's about 9 o'clock. Is this thing on? This is Big Green. Yes, here we are. This is Big Green for July. No, July 4, not 4 July. Oh, Jesus. Well, I was using the European usage. For God's sake, man. European where? (laughs) (laughs) Not here. I'm stepping in a bottle. (laughs) That explains a lot. Yes, we have another episode of Dead Trek coming up. Hello. Hello. I can't hear anything. Hello. Net Trick 24. Did you ever play like one note and it's like the perfect note so you only play that one note? <laughs> if I'd done that, I'd be annoying. Oh. Net Trick 24 coming up. Hi, this is Joe of Big Green. Well, we made some wild promises in the intro there and God knows. We didn't check our work, as usual. NetTrek24 has been delayed. Um, we've had some technical difficulties. Matt had a computer meltdown. Then he started chasing peregrine falcons around all over town. God knows he's had his hands full. Poor bastard. So what we're going to do is we're going to play an encore episode of NetTrek. This shall delight everyone. It's from last year. And... um. Give that a listen. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about our next album, which will be made up of some songs you've been hearing on the podcast. And I hope you enjoy this. I hope everyone's having a good summer. I'm working my fingers to the bone. So please enjoy this. Ah, this is Lee Majors. Last week on Ned Trek, super powerful space aliens tried to make the crew of the Free Enterprise surrender their chief engineer by making them all sing a collection of preposterous songs and do other foolish and humiliating things. I'm just glad that my producers never tried anything like that on me, but I've got way too much self-respect to go along with such harebrained ideas. Anyhow, things all seemed to work out, and Captain Romney even ended up making some money by the end of the show, which is just the way he likes it. Now stay tuned for some more nuggets of pure science fiction gold. Coming right up. Space. The ultimate marketplace. These are the voyages of the starship Free Enterprise. Its mission of undetermined length. Um, until we're canceling. To seek out strange new commodities, exploitable alien workforces, to brazenly amass the largest profits that any corporation has before.
This is the life. No worries, no responsibilities. Just leaning back in my captain's easy boy chair and cruising at space normal speed. Actually, Captain Willard, you do have a few responsibilities, you know. Like the ship and our mission and the crew. Just forgettable stuff like that. I see. How's that now, Captain? You shouldn't be too lackadaisical here now. What if some other ambitious officer were to scoop up the initiative and pull your command right out from under your goulashes? That's just the ticket. Thanks, Doc. I'll have a scoop of that goulash, too. (sighs) (laughs) I see. You know what, Mr. Hawk? (laughs) I think that the captain just went and dozed off. Careful, Doc. You don't want to use up your quotient of two accurate diagnoses all at once, do you? I see. Why does he keep doing that all just lately? The falling into dreamland at the drop of a hat, I mean. Hey, man, Romney, do soundly swear. You've done it again, Doc. You've ushered him into unconsciousness with your insufferable, folksy turn of phrase. You really should try to control yourself, at least during daytime hours. There's something wrong with that guy. He can't even stay awake during a battle. If it wasn't for the fact that he happened to slump over onto the torpedo launch button at the right time during that incident in the blood tax system, we'd all be speaking clean Chinese right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. We got into that little skirmish with them over which power has the right to develop the crap out of that fifth planet in the bleep tax system. They thought they were going to convert it into a horrible prison planet and military base with a water park. Now everyone in this sector knows that we could do that much more efficiently than they could. And our military contractors are capable of making twice as much cash. All I could say is it's a good thing that the clean tons believe in suspending hostilities during the lunch hour. Indeed, that gave the captain an opportunity for his Hail Mary pass-out maneuver. Is that what those strategist goobers at Starfleet are calling it? Yeah, well, it was either that or the snorbamite maneuver. I personally think they made the right choice. Even the medal they gave him doesn't seem to keep him awake anymore. I say no, sir. He used to get a real kick out of watching his servants polishing it up there all nice like. Doc, could you forget for a minute that you're probably only qualified as some kind of ass doctor... And come up with some kind of real diagnosis for his condition. Well, you could examine him starting from his ass. Perhaps that's where his ailment stems from. Maybe it's right, Jillian narcolepsy. I heard that there's been some of that going around, especially on Rigel, and at the capital city of Narco Lepardo. Willard was there a few months ago, Trying to make money by selling off holdings that belong to people who are legally declared to be inactive and or sleeping. <laughs> sell, sell. <laughs> sell. Well, would you look at that? He's sleep trading. What a true marketeer that man is. Doc, before he sleep trades away his share of the free enterprise, see what you could do to come up with a miracle cure. I know that you're not capable of doing it yourself. I mean, the two words doctor and Colburn are a contradiction in terms. But maybe you could just check the computer's memory banks. Perhaps someone on another show already did the work. Sure, you could check with Marcus Welby, 
I think it's possible that he visited other worlds at one time, and and I think that his show is concurrent with ours. What in the hell makes you think that Marcus Welby ever went to Rigel? Well, the actor's first TV wife was Jane Wyatt, and she went to Vulcan, didn't she? That was on some short-lived TV show, wasn't it? Oh, Jesus! I'll just ask the computer myself. Computer! Working! Well, obviously I'm working. I'm second in command and science officer aboard the Free Enterprise. Correct. Commander, Nedward, Palamanius, Withers, current assignment, the United Astro Service Starship Free Enterprise, registration number MT-9922, Commander Withers, twice decorated by Starfleet, once by mistake, they thought he was Captain Hengist, another officer horse. Commander Withers was born in California, planet Earth. He was the only fool of Mr. Dandy and Princess Nellie Trotmeyer. Both were nearly champion dressage horses. Commander Withers, or Mr. Ned, as he became known by the age of three, first won international acclaim, playing the part of Jesus' horse in the greatest story ever sold. His next cinematic triumph was playing the missing horse in Sir Lawrence Olivier's rendition of Richard III. That amazing performance nearly got him nominated for Best Supporting Animal, but Academy Politics kept him from getting the award and the recognition from his peers that he so richly deserved. Furthermore, if a certain, shall we say, big stupid oak with lifelike hair hadn't come by and purchased him at bargain basement... Computer off! Wow, you must have programmed that computer yourself. All that lavish praise and sympathetic ass-coddling. I wonder what it says about me. Computer, please tell us something about the ship's fourth in command. Working. Well, yes, I should say so. I'm fourth in command aboard the Free Enterprise, and I'm a high-priced independent military consultant. I advise planets to go to war all the time, and always with other planets that can't possibly fight back. That ensures that I'll always get paid. Lieutenant Commander Richard Blow Daddy Pearl. Current assignment, doing whatever he can to help his own massive ass. Once decorated by Starfleet's Chief Baker, they thought he was a big fat jam cake with large frosting. In his younger days, he was a sniveling little snitch, a grubby liar, and a two-faced coward. He has only gotten worse with age. At Starfleet Academy, he broke into the Commandant's quarters and obtained test answers for an upcoming exam. He sold answers to other lowly cadets for 200 credits. Computer off! Actually, I've only got 50% of that. I had to pay midshipman Fenton Lubner 50% for stealing the key. Hey, this is character assassination, which is one particular type of assassination that I am no fan of. I could probably sue Starfleet for this. Hey, and maybe for 200 million credits. I have to get my lawyer, Fenton Lubner Esquire, on this right away. You could sue them later. Right now we need a cure for the captain's Rigelian sleeping sickness. Computer, is there any known cure for that disease? Or should we just put the captain to bed and forget about this week's episode? Working. Yes, I'm still working in the same place. What the hell's wrong with you? Non sequitur, your thoughts are discombobulated. The cure for Rigelian psoriasis is lymphat McGillicuddy ointment. And injections of plum blazia. 
No, no, not psoriasis. Narcolepsy. You panel of surprisingly bulky transistors, you. And don't bother saying it. Just print it out for us. Working. Are you trying to get me to work for you? Is that your game? Well, I already worked for a husk of memory banks whose qualities could only improve by squatting in a mushroom. The formula for Rigelian narcolepsy remedy is ready for transmission. At last, transmit it directly to the doctor's tricorder. I see, I see. This is incredible. I'm getting it here, Mr. Hoss. What the... Talfridian lemons, oil of califilium, cheap of pine crab gravy. I say, where exactly does a body come up with stuff like that in the middle of the darkest, deepest, blackest space? <clears throat> I have some of those ingredients in my oval quarters. I make a special lubricating martini out of them. With 12 parts gin, they make a fairly passable concoction. Fine, Doc. Go get what you need from Nixon's quarters. I say, so do I really have to go all the way down there? Can't I just, say, hit the captain in the head with my tricorder? You know, sometimes the old homestyle remedies are the best. And they're almost always the fastest and the cheapest. You lazy bastards! Oh, just go ahead and whack him on the head, then. I guess that he doesn't keep anything important in that thing anyhow. I say, I've been waiting for a long time to try out this newfangled treatment here. Pop them up some, so I can figure me the most advantageous angle. There. There. Now just try not to hit my hand. Now let's see. I have to see if I recall some of the book learning from my days at New Oklahoma U. Oh yeah. The craniest bone is situated up here, between the crotchety bone and the herring bone. Right about here. It didn't seem to work, except that he stopped snoring. That could be a good sign. Do you think he needs another treatment? Hold up for a minute, Dr. Kavorkian. He might be all dead. Willard, is anybody in there? Hey, Willard, this is Angel Maroney. (laughs) Oh, boy. Angel Maroney, are you here to transmit any revelations to me? Well, it's me, Mr. Ned. How you finally awake? <laughs> My goodness, what a charming dream I just had. I dreamt that I was downsizing the kingdom of the Incas, along with several dozen of my conquistador friends. We used a weapon called disease. <laughs> the next thing I knew, I was on board a tremendous temple that flies through the heavens. I think that I must have been some kind of super top angel. I remember the faces of my subordinates all peering at me and trying to find ways to serve me. And you, and you, and you, and you were there. Well, that wasn't a dream. That's what's happening now. The doctor just stumbled upon his own cure for your Rigelian sleeping sickness. I see. We may just have to repeat the treatment several times over the next few days. In the meantime, sir... You can just wear this medical mallet around your neck at all times. Whenever you feel yourself starting to doze, just whack yourself on the noggin bone, and that should set you all straight. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. You're a lifesaver. A lifesaver without the hole. No, he's got the hole. Personally, I think it wasn't narcolepsy at all. 
Oh, I think an alien computer virus was deliberately transmitted to the captain's system board. You see, he has enemies, a whole vast list of villainous enemies, and they'll stop at nothing to screw any commander of the free enterprise. We shouldn't let them get away with this. No. We need to screw them first. Get me Hoover on the phone. You want to talk to a vacuum cleaner? I think that you're the one with a computer virus. Captain, uh, I guess I'm still in this episode. I was beginning to wonder. Captain, we're reading a model alien ship on the navigational sensors. She's a long way out, sir. Either that or she's a really small model. Anyway, she appears to be drifting. Should we change course to investigate, sir? <laughs> if you like, helmsman, bring the ship about. Course 551259 Mark Three. Sir, but that course would ram the ship directly into the Flimbodian sun. <laughs> oh, darn it. In that case, helmsman, why don't you just put the ship on script control? Do you think you can do that and lock it in, mister? Um, yes, sir. Switching. Captain Willard, as far as I could tell... The ship is one of two models that we have of old-style interstellar Earth spacecraft. This one is the Aurora. I think the other one was made by Mattel. How could an old-style Earth ship model have gotten this far out in space, given the means of propulsion in those days? They would have only been capable of sublight speeds. Wouldn't it have taken a ship like that thousands of years even to reach some of Earth's nearest neighboring star systems? Pearl, we're all going to pretend that we didn't hear you say that. <laughs> Mr. Pearl, you remind me of the ancient heretics that insisted on disseminating all of their scientific knowledge to a willfully ignorant faith community. And they did that all while standing on one hot foot. A few minutes later, they were made to stand on the other whipped and broken foot. For once I agree with you, Willard. If we had listened to those eggheads, we would have never gotten into pretending to go into outer space. I say, ooh. Those evil men of science would have us believe that our God-inspired faces were instead monkey-inspired. Well, I say, can a monkey work the air sets control of this here starship? No! Monkeys are relegated to lesser roles, like maneuvering go-karts at Colonel Clement's Kentucky Motor Fun Yard and games. You guys have me all wrong. I hate those eggheads every bit as much as you do. For one thing, they are absolute poison to my energy portfolio. Those losers are always doing their best to poison the oil well with their climate alarmism. I mean, it took years for the climate to go septic. And I made a lot of cash in that time. I mean, it's true that you need a few of those guys around to develop deadly munitions. But when they're finished with that task, they should be made to shut up. Captain Willard, the ship is the Aurora model. This time it's called the UN Dodecahedron. There's no record of a launch date but I'd estimate that she launched back at the end of the 20th century, probably during the last Great War. That war was the war to end all culture wars war. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot all about that war war. I think that I was called back to missionary duty at the time. As usual, I tasked myself with converting people only in places that we weren't blowing up so much. We know so little about that period. Probably because we accidentally killed off most of the historians. It wasn't the fledgling New Confederacy's fault, though. Those historians just dress pretty much the same as our target class of scientists. They all have that heavy poindexter thing going. <sighs> I guess that we should have dropped leaflets on them or something. But who had the time to think of that in those heady days of purging? 
So if this ship is indeed from that era, perhaps the occupants can fill in some of the gigantic gaps in our knowledge of that time, and of every other time while they're at it. New Confederate history is a bit of a Swiss cheese. I say, but it's good cheese, and good on this here cracker. So do you read any life signs aboard the dodeca-doo-doo, Mr. Ned? What I'm getting is pretty faint. I don't think they can be human, which is a relief to me and probably to every other kind of space animal. Could be a ship of jellyfish or some other invertebrate. Perhaps they're spineless friends of yours, Pearl. No, I don't think so. Most of my spineless colleagues aren't into interstellar space travel. It's too scary. They might get hurt. I only do it because I'm obsessed with outer space riches. Those riches? <laughs> yes, the riches. We'll have to stop by and visit them before we leave this sector, or they'll never forgive me. That ship hasn't made any attempt to talk to us, nor has it made any defensive or offensive maneuvers. I think that it may just be a derelict ship. Those life sign readings must be wrong. A derelict ship? Do you mean there are hobos aboard that thing? Perhaps on Earth, 200 years ago, back when they were still producing spaceship models like that one, the young new confederacy decided to ship its population of indigent hobos out into space. Just to get rid of them. I mean, they probably aimed it at Earth's sun, and then just missed. That's understandable, as the launch took place after they got rid of all the scientists. I say, I say, the most humane thing to do would have been to kill them with surplus military ordnance, and then to get some target practice in at the same time. Spoken like a true man of medicine. We could have studied their bodies later on. See what kind of job those rapid-fire bullets of Jesus did. Captain Willard, I suggest that we beam over to the ship. I'm reading an oxygen-nitrogen atmosphere over there, and it's high time that we get this episode's plot moving. Very well, Mr. Ned. Let's get the usual crew of senior officers over to the transporter room and go have a look-see. Do we have to, Captain? I don't want to have to walk all the way to the elevator and then stand in there for a while, pretending that it's doing something, only to have to walk out and tramp all the way around to the corridor set, and then walk back and forth in there a few times, only to have to then go over to the transporter room set and stand around there for a while. Can't we just do a break here and then let the camera fade in on us as we're already beaming aboard the derelict model? Just get over to the transporter room, Pearl. I say, derelict models? One of those. Some kind of fashion hobos? Oh, forget it. I say, I say, what a nice roomy ship. It's not littered with the kind of fangled device consoles and confusing banks of toggle switches. It's just like one of the clean corridors on our own ship back home. <laughs> and would you look at all the curio cabinets all up and down the hallway here. There must be five of them, with 20 more painted on the set's backdrop. I wonder what's on display in those things. <laughs> it looks like there's a man in this one. I imagine he suffers from some novel disease, or perhaps he has an entertaining deformity. Something that makes him collectible to the owner of this place. He's in suspended animation, Willard. All of the cases are the same. There's a whole crew in suspended animation. You know, this one looks so real. Not like a cartoon at all. (laughs) 
They must be using digital animation for this fellow. He's a real person, Willard. He's just been put into a deep sleep by biological torpor-inducing technology. Evidently, this is a sleeper ship. Are you absolutely sure that this isn't a ghoul ship? They're not going to wake up all at the same time and start chasing after me, using their horrible, twisted ghoul arms to try to help themselves to my incredible brains. They probably wouldn't bother, Pearl. I checked out their larder before we beamed over. They still have a full cargo of nut meats to feed on before they'd get to you. Okay, you've convinced me. So this must be one of those Poindexter ships that we coincidentally spoke of earlier in the same episode. There's a bunch of science brainiacs on board, all of them banished from Earth way back at the end of the 20th century. Banished by the fledgling Confederate government. God praise it. They must have been adrift in deep space for 200 years. All of them nearly frozen solid. Think of that. Is there anything else in the icebox with them? Any fish sticks or battered sea monkeys? Visiting the Human Oddities Museum always makes me hungry for a little fishman. I see, I see. No doubt they're floating around up here biding their time. All of them waiting for the Confederation's thousand-year triumphant reign to end so they can come back and plunge us into a thousand years of darkness and evil welfare state-town foolery. It was all foretold. Captain Romney, I just looked at the ship's engine room and checked its power reserves. It's at the end of the line here, sir. The ship is just a few weeks away from total system failure. Mr. Welch, well, take it in tow. We probably will need to use that model again in another episode. That is, before one of our producer's kids takes the thing home, <laughs> smashes it with rocks, and sets it on fire. <laughs> Those producer's kids. Shouldn't we first try to get one of these guys defrosted? At least so we could laugh at their hopelessly out-of-date mannerisms and turns of phrase. What the heck? Sure, Ned. You're okay to defrost one of the display freezers. Captain... There's not enough power left on the ship to properly defrost and safely open even one of these containers. We'll have to beam over a team of expendable technicians, along with a portable energizing unit. Go ahead, Mr. Welsh. Order your energizer batteries. <laughs> now, Union Carbide, that was a company worthy of our patronage. Captain, I recognize some of the brainiacs in these freezing tubes. This one is Dr. Carl Sagan. And over there is Stephen Hawking. It skip a couple of eggheads over to your left, and that one is Dr. Walid Abdullahi. This is a frozen hive of paleo-Darwinists, astrophysicists, and climatologists. All are probably active humanists, meaning enemies, sir. <laughs> Hi, Mr. President. What are you doing here? Some sightseeing? Well, yes, Captain. I thought that I'd observe the situation down here and also offer the services of my ion batteries. I understand that you're trying to get Dr. Teller's freezing tube opened. That's great, Mr. Nixon, sir, but unfortunately it's not Dr. Teller. It's Dr. Carl Sagan. Oh, sorry, my mistake. It's not the first time that I've made this kind of mistake. I recall my people once telling me that they had invited the Duke to the White House in order to accept a prestigious presidential music award or some such thing. So I was expecting to see the Duke, you know, John Wayne, and then imagine my surprise when I saw an elderly Negro come in and accept the award. So I, of course, handed him my overcoat. Well, what would you have done? 
They told me later this guy was Duke Ellington, some mustachioed piano key tickler. Well, it's true. Those people can run like the devil with a tune in their hands, although they usually go too far and need to be intercepted by law enforcement. I tell you, I was disappointed not to hear Duke Wayne belt out a patriotic song or accept the music award, but at least he remained generous with cash contributions to my campaigns. Mr. Nixon, where can I plug in our ion extension cord? Hang on a minute. I have to get these suspenders unhooked. <clears throat> Don't tell me we have to look at Nixon's bionic ass while this power transfer is going on. <laughs> look upon him proudly, Mr. Ned, for that's where my own conservatism originated from. <laughs> Captain, it's working. The chamber is opening up. The light is going on. He's alive, sir. Kids, I'm not going to say billions and billions for your frivolous amusement. Oh, damn it. You made me say it. Um, what are you people doing in my bedroom? <laughs> no, sir. This is a spaceship. You've been in suspended animation for 200 years. <laughs> Lieutenant Stash, make a note of that. After Bane acquires a company, it can put all the factory workers into suspended animation. We can wake them up again when labor costs crash in their countries. But Captain Romney, the high cost of maintaining an entire workforce in suspended animation would make the idea infeasible. I mean, you'd have to keep hundreds of freezers going. I know that I wouldn't be considering investing in that kind of venture, sir. You're right, Mr. Pearl, and Bane preliminary profit projections agree with you. Mr. Stash, you're reduced another two steps in rank. Now go break another cassava melon over your head. <laughs> Aye, sir. Thank you, sir. Right away, sir. But, Captain, we didn't beam over with any melons. He'll have to improvise. Perhaps with that model of Neptune's moon Triton over there on the table. Hey, you stay away from that moon. There's a fresh melon in the kitchen. Now, who exactly are you people? And what are you doing in my bedroom? Is that a horse? Did you people bring a horse into my bedroom? Sir, it's as the captain said. This is an old-style spaceship, and you've been in suspended animation for 200 years. Nonsense. I'm Dr. Carl Sagan, and this is my home. I went to sleep late last night. I got about six hours sleep total. I see. I can see that he's all discombobulated on account of him being all disorientated. You know, back when I went to the Orient... It was not to do what that Italian fellow did, that Marco Polo fellow. No, he was only after a few souvenirs, like macaroni and firecrackers and the like. He wasn't out to make a real international impact like I was. I venture to say that my trade deals made the Kremlin cry on the inside, and that's a fact. Let me get this straight. You brought a horse and former President Richard M. Nixon into my bedroom. And why exactly isn't Nixon wearing pants? You secular humanist fool. We've been trying to tell you, this isn't your house. And if you must know, it's the only slightly futuristic interior of one of Desilu's rented warehouses. And Nixon's pants are down because we had to plug something into him. I'm warning you all. Get out of here. Or I will call Jet Propulsion Laboratory Security. 
What was that? It looks like Sub-Ensign Stash couldn't find your melon, Dr. Sagan. So he had to break your Triton Moon model over his head after all. I guess you can build Starfleets for that. Although they don't make a habit of paying for anything. That should be evident by our crew here. Do you know how much work went into making that moon model? We painstakingly went through all of the imaging data transmitted from Voyager 2. Matching atmospheric hues and getting the scale just right. Who's you? Anyhow, Sagan, it's just a stupid frozen moon. There's nothing worth mining there. If there was, I'd think that you'd also have a cross-section of it on display, showing Halliburton and other mining companies where they can put their mining straws in. That is, unless you're deliberately concealing something from us. You are very strange and deluded people. Let me clue you into something. Our doors work to let people in. They also have another function. Let's see if you could figure out what that is. <laughs> you don't understand, Dr. Sagan. We're here to rescue you from this hopelessly damaged spaceship. And your crew of about three non-speaking extras, that is. And by my count, that makes about 75 of you. Aren't you that inbred son of the governor of Michigan? Rombo or something? Oh yes, you ran for senate in Massachusetts. You were a dismal failure, as I recall. So this is your latest doomed enterprise. It seems even more far-fetched. You might try a career in religion. That might just work out for a man of your obvious talents. No, he tried that too. It came out ridiculous. I say, can't you see that that man in the past is in a state of delirium? He's talking wild. We might be advised to treat him for Rigelian sleeping sickness right away. Doc, just hypo him so we can get him over to our ship. Do it fast before he makes fun of us again. Didn't the Doc make it clear today that he's only qualified to work on people's asses? Well then hypo him in the ass then. Come on, let's get moving. I've got an appointment with my lawyer that I'd rather not be late for. I'm still thinking about that 200 million credit lawsuit. I could finally pave the rest of my driveway with beautiful gold. You're taking me where exactly? And how are we getting there? Well, we're using our ship's transporter, of course. Then I take it we're all going to pile into some CD van, probably with an out-of-scale planet painted on the side of it. Oh yes, and a flying unicorn with wings of insufficient size to even lift a weasel. No, no, Einstein. We're going to beam back over to the Free Enterprise. That means that we have to stand here perfectly still until we begin to look like a swarm of atoms. Then we stand there for a little while longer, while the sparkling atoms swirl around in our cut-out silhouettes, and then we disappear, only to reappear in our own transporter room. It's astoundingly futuristic. It's also quite economical for a network that never liked the idea of springing for the special effects it would take to have a space van take off and land in every episode. <laughs> I think I'd like a ride in the space van. I'd give you the keys if I could. Romney the Free Enterprise? Aye, sir. Mr. Sulu, prepare to have the landing party beamed aboard. Aye, aye, sir. They're locking on to you. There, Sagan. What did you think about that? You've just essentially been molecularly deconstructed in one place, transmitted in a beam of energy at light speed, and then reconverted into your inimitable elitist self in another different place. 
Mr. Welsh can give you a more technical description of how the transporter works, but don't be too surprised if it's not that much more technical. That's okay. From what you've already told me, and from what I supposedly just experienced, I already know that the entire concept is completely unscientific and untenable. Mr. Welsh, for some reason we saw fit to delay the beam over of Mr. Stephanie and his expendable tech team. <laughs> Prepare to energize your system and get ready with a look of surprise. You might possibly convince me that the act of converting matter into energy and then back to matter again could be plausible if you're dealing with specific kinds of matter, perhaps substances comprised of undifferentiated molecular combinations. Something like pastry dough might just be able to be beamed between hermetically sealed chambers, and this might be accomplished after centuries of vigorous research and testing. But I think it would hardly be worthwhile. And I can almost guarantee that the dough that was transported would make pretty lousy scones. However, the idea of converting a living organism into energy and then expecting to reassemble that creature molecule by molecule into its original living state is pure fantasy. If anything, you'd be transporting something from the world of the living to the world of the dead. In stark reality, you wouldn't be able to beam up a fly. Hey, well, that's not all bad. We could use it to carry out capital punishment. Captain, there's a problem with the transporter. All the indicator lights are all of a sudden not signifying anything, and the post-production sounds and special tingly effects are just that. Edifying effects? No, it's working all right. But what's that stuff that just appeared on the platform? Is it Mr. Stephanie D. and his team? They sure look a lot shorter now, or maybe they're all... just all dead again. Go take a look, Doc. I say, Captain, these men have been turned into two-pound dollops of pastry dough. <laughs> pastry dough, you say? That means that I lost a man. I lost three men. Mr. Ned, you better go designate another Mr. Stephanie or two. The way this episode is going, we might need to have a few more on hand. I say, the interesting thing is that when you take all the water, bones, organ, meat, and God spark out of a human body, all that's left is about two pounds of pastry dough. Yeah, I think I recall seeing that in a Jesus-approved textbook sometime back when I was rattling up the dirt road to learn it. I say, Captain, what do you think we should do with all this here fancy dough? Well, it's not the kind of dough that I usually hang on to. <laughs> it's not the right color, for one thing. Why don't you have the ship's head chief baker make them into soylent croissants and feed them to the new Mr. Stephanie's? <laughs> that will give them the quick energy that they need to die for us another day, or perhaps even later this same day. Oh, and Mr. Pearl, see that the families of the departed Mr. Stephanie's receive a package of those croissants, compliments of the captain of the free enterprise. <laughs> They'll be so proud. But that sounds like some kind of pig and French cannibalism you're suggesting. We can't stoop to that. Not unless new Jesus comes back and says it's all right. And then, oh boy, you wouldn't be able to keep me from those tasty doodads. I'm also hoping that new old Jesus boy will give a nod to my coveting thy neighbor's fine tractor. What I want to know is why the transporter stopped working this time. It seemed that everything was working just fine until Dr. Killjoy over here opened his big mouth and drinks the transporter controls with a so-called real-world science. It's funny that you talk about me having a big mouth. 
And frankly, it's funny, and I mean funny in the scientific sense, that you're talking at all. Not only do horses lack a larynx, which is the essential organ for the production of human speech, they also lack a specialized tongue and the lip control that are crucial for forming words. Now, maybe if you were a parrot, or say a minor bird, with a cernix located at the top of your lungs, you might be able to tuck. But a horse? No, sorry. That's not scientifically possible. <laughs> Whatever have you done to him? Mr. Ned, sir, it's your voice. I cannot understand you. <laughs> it's okay, Mr. Ned. The doc is going to check you out. I'm sure that with his skill, he'll break out his medical bag of tricks and club you back to normal in no time. What's he doing? Is he river dancing? <laughs> King of the dance? I think so. He's reacting to his mental trauma by resurrecting an old dressage dance routine. Born to entertain, our Mr. Ned is. With all due respect, sir, I think that's Cody's clomping up. Long, short, short, long. Well, what then is he saying with that code? Is he giving the dimensions for a gentleman's fancy dinner coat? Does he think he's a tailor now? Pearl, if it's cold that he's tapping out, what is he saying? Well, it is code. To be specific, it's old-style Morse code. And I can't understand it. Back when I was a teenager, I got really into ham radio. There was nothing much else to do back in Hollywood where I grew up. I was too talented to go into show business, and I recall that my parents wouldn't let me stay up late and help start wars in Africa or Southeast Asia, which is what all my idols were doing at that point in time. So to amuse myself and to pass the time, I used my ham radio set to send messages to all of the Poindexter-type kids around town. I communicated to them that it was completely safe for them to hold their piggy bank convention on the playground. I told them that all the bullies would be out of town that day. Meanwhile, and again using my ham radio set, I tapped out a message to the school bullies and told them where the little dweebs were going to be. Later on, the bullies would fleece the poindexters and I'd get my intelligence cut. That's one of the ways that I put myself through charm school. Yes, of course. I thought that I knew you from somewhere. I was one of those poindexter-headed kids that you spoke of, and I never forgot what you did to me. I say, I say, we used to communicate by tapping on ham, too. I also had what I referred to as a little ham horn. It was good for blowing out a little Dixie-type melody. I did that back there in those bottoms where I was raised. Um... Yes, well, anyway, I became quite proficient at Morse code, and I think I can still read it. Well, then, what is the poor beastie trying to say, Pearl? Does he know that we're trying to help him? Just a minute. He's saying, Don't let that incompetent quack of a cracker any anywhere near me. I'll tap out my own obituary on his horrible gray jowls before I let that happen. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Did he tap out that laugh, too? No, that was my own contribution. I say, Captain, that disrespectful horse clomping is awful loud and harsh on this here country doctor's God-given ears. Do you think that we could maybe have the artificial gravity turned down a few notches? 
Wouldn't that roll some of the weight off those powerful hooves of his? Your concept of artificial gravity is one of the more far-fetched contrivances I've heard so far. Although on this show, it has lots of competition. There's just no way, no viable theory that could possibly explain the simulation of such a basic universal force. Working with a mass of such relatively small size, you'd have to be utilizing centrifugal force by continually rotating the ship. Or at least the part of the ship that you want gravity in. There's no shortcut here, I'm afraid. It takes work, dedication, and true scientific discipline to come up with a viable theory. Continually rotate the ship? But that would look ridiculous. It would certainly change the beginning credits of the show. It would be no more ridiculous than you all seem to me right now. Mr. Welsh, please explain how our artificial gravity works to the not-so-good doctor. Well, it all has to do with manipulating field density in relationship to gravity phenomenon. We've got a toggle switch rigged up on the environmental control deck that turns the thing off and on. You may have well told me that you do it by waving a magic wand or by rubbing Aladdin's lamp. The concept as you present it on your show is completely untenable. The artificial gravity has stopped functioning. I don't know why, but it's affecting the entire ship. Environmental control says that all of their colorful indicator lights seem to be working properly. There's just no gravity, sir. Captain Romney, without gravity, we'll be hard-pressed to even make our way down to the engineering section. To even begin to figure out what's happening. Whatever it is that Sagan has done, he's inhibited our show's ability to transcend physics. I've never seen the like. The show can't possibly last now. Captain, what do we do? <laughs> I really don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I have never commanded a funhouse before. <laughs> I say, what's that tapity tap pitter patter sound? Don't tell me we've got a leak in the roof besides here. I hear it too. Hey, it's Mr. Ned. He's tapping out instructions to the lineman. What lineman? Do you mean the one that works for the county? I am not a rotund oozing butt sore. Captain, tell him I'm not. Oh, I get it now. These are instructions for the helmsman. Are you reading this, Mr. Sulu? I may be floating around the bridge like a Zorkian bubble toad. But I can still hear okay, Mr. Pearl. Tell Mr. Ned to proceed. He says to shut down the primary engines and try to hold the ship stationary in space. Once it's steady, start firing both the upper starboard thrusters and pulses, while simultaneously firing both lower portside thrusters in the same manner. Set the pulses at one quarter power and fire them at two minute intervals. But that will overwhelm the inertial stabilizers, Mr. Pearl. I mean, Mr. Ned. He said, yes, for corn's sake, just do it. Do it now. Captain, if we do that, we'll start spinning like a lopsided plation top. I don't know what that will do to our systems. It's never been done. It might restore gravity, but it might also spin us apart. We'd better do it, Mr. Welsh. <laughs> 
My peristalsis is starting to balk at conveying fun-sized million-dollar bars through my own system. <laughs> and they're not nearly so much fun now. <laughs> That's doing it, sir. We have gravity again. But just how we're going to get anywhere while the ship is spinning like this, I do not know. Yeah, we'll look pretty silly pulling up to a staircase. Might even look like we're on drugs or something. You don't think they'll start shooting at us, do you? Maybe we better stop spinning and just forego gravity. <laughs> spinning wheel, got to go around. Talking about your troubles, it's a crying sin. <laughs> well, well, luckily, gentlemen, if we're shunned by Starfleet, we've got about a quarter of the galaxy to wander around in and try to find some new friends that can accept us for who we are and who won't mind getting dizzy when they look at us. Oh, about your star empire, your confederation. That too is impossible. Well, I say, now you've gone too far, Dr. Satan Scientist. No, sir. Don't you dare tread on the new confederation. Why, it's about the best government that God ever saw fit to guide men to conceive. It's perfection in a pecan shell and twice as tiny. Why, our government is the closest thing to having no government at all. It's been pared down just to the essential military and security state functions. And oh yes, it's dedicated to the facilitation of multi-stellar corporate tranquility. It's all that is beauty and more. And I thank you not to cast your evil dispersions on it. Not now. Not ever. As I was saying, a star empire stretching over thousands of parsecs of space could never work. Even parties within such an empire trying to engage in interstellar communication would find it impossible. Such an entity couldn't be governed. Traveling between worlds could take many thousands of years, and even that's assuming that you were able to achieve velocities approaching the universal speed limit, meaning the speed of light. Indeed, by the time you reached your destination, the civilization that you left behind would have aged considerably and most likely wouldn't even exist anymore. The fact is, you don't have a star empire. The very thought of it is ludicrous. Captain, we just lost contact with Starfleet's command. Mr. Beasley, our head chief baker, was in the midst of talking to Admiral Lardo, Starfleet's pastry commandant, and they were all of a sudden cut off. No explanation as to why, sir. Mr. Stephanie E. is removing some of the paddles from below his bridge station and looking at some wires and 1960s-era circuit boards, but so far he's found nothing that can account for the problem with communications. Also, sir, at the same time, all Confederate civilian commerce channels went quiet. I can only assume from that that the Confederation is gone. I say, I say, if commerce stops, so does the Confederation. Confound it all. I had a lot of cash tied up in that little lady. So, Sagan, I can see why Earth was so hot to banish you and those other eggheads into space. You ruin everything. And people say that's what I do. Well, it's you that really does it. And I hate it. <laughs> I guess that means we're really alone in space now. The Confederation, Starfleet, all just a fiction. And they all seem so very real. Just as real as my own Mormon faith. Oh, well... Why don't we set a course for some money-making paradise and just sit out the rest of the show in extreme luxury and comfort, with plenty of low-paid alien servants available to cater to our every whim? Are you saying we could go back to Earth and to my own country estate? 
I see. Thank you, sir. What? Is it starting to rain out there again? What's that tapping? No, that's Mr. Ninnigan. Tapping out a new message. <laughs> Although he may be tapping to the incidental music, it's pretty catchy this week. Ned is ordering us to get up to the bridge. Hey, I didn't think he could order the captain to do something. Oh, well. Uh, wow. He said that there are some prizes and some space awards up there just waiting for us. I say, then somebody better get up top and have a look-see. If there are any polecat pens, banjos, or bottle trees on offer, they're mine! <laughs> Very well, Doc. The bottle tree is all yours. We'll go up to the bridge and have a look-see. Mr. Ned Pearl Welsh, you're with me. Doc, you can stay with Mr. Sagan. Why don't you talk to him about the Clintons or the Obamulans? Maybe he can make them cease to exist, too. <laughs> but under no circumstances, let him anywhere near our religions. <laughs> He'd tear them to shreds. And then we'd have to find some other pliable system of beliefs to chain our spiritual donkeys to. He said, um... Uh, pardon this, sir. I, <clears throat> he says, not to worry, since... Since your ass is irrevocably chained to stupid... Captain's talking time, starting the day with a smile, and a hearty hello dolly, and a healthy breakfast of moonflake cereal. It's not just for eclipses anymore. <laughs> well, we've been checking the entire bridge set, turning pretty much everything upside down, which is surprisingly easy to do on these plywood consoles. And we found none of the prizes or awards that Mr. Ned assured us were up here. I'm trying to keep a stiff upper lip, but the looks of disappointment on my bridge crew's collective faces are beginning to overwhelm my own frozen expressions. <laughs> darn, double darn. I hate not getting prizes. Anyhow, a lot has happened on the ship today. Out of the goodness of our hearts, we rescued one Carl Sagan, a banished practitioner of the dark sciences. We plucked him from certain doom and from his derelict spaceship called the Doodoo Hydrant. And since he's come on board, he's done nothing but poke fatal holes in the mythical fabric that keeps our television universe ticking. And importantly, filling the sofa seats back home. On scientific grounds, he's already taken out of commission our transporter, our gravity control, and our warp drive. And now he's deprived us of our beloved Confederate Space Service. <laughs> what a day's work. Hey, Doc, where did you leave Sagan? Hopefully not anywhere near the briefing room. I left some of my latest war justification plans in there. Gee, if we were even to look at them, they might disappear, and a very unlucrative peace might prevail. I say, I left him in the ship's galley. He's calculating the value of pi down to its last unholy digit. Oh my god, that was brilliant talk. I've really underestimated you for the last 12 episodes. That should keep him busy and out of our hair for at least 10 minutes. How did you think of that? Well, I thought I could keep him busy making a Beckleberry Space Rhubarb Pie, using some of that Mr. Stephanie dough. But he must have misinterpolated me, and he went and started his head of smoking on some Gothus equation. <laughs> you know, I'm always thinking about pie and about attaining the biggest piece. That's why I started Bane. Bane is all about pie. <laughs> Captain, I really think that the only way to rid ourselves of the scourge that is Sagan is to kill him. Or to do what our Confederate ancestors did two centuries ago. Stuff him into a freezing unit and launch him into deep space. 
Those wise founding fathers of ours knew only too well that the fabric of their entire reality couldn't endure with brainiac types like Sagan, constantly pulling out thread after thread. What a stinker! Captain Willard, we are within a few hundred million miles of Omicron's Bilbo system. I suggest that we lay in a course for the fourth planet in that system. Once we are there, we can try to maroon Sagan on that world. Well, at least the ship's computer system is still working. Sagan hasn't managed to sink his science hatchet into that yet. Pearl, you fat idiot. This is not the computer talking. It is I, Mr. Ned. I am only utilizing the computer's voice modulation system. But why? I was completely proficient in interpreting your coded messages, wasn't I? You were more competent at that than at anything you've ever done in your entire life. Even though by any normal objective standard, you made a great hash of it. For one thing, you never captured my expert comic timing correctly, nor did you do justice to my hilarious barbed wit. Well, yeah, I left out most of your jokes and stuff. But I mean, they were all at my expense. (laughs) Well, welcome back, Mr. Ned. I guess I'll have to postpone that deal I made with that Portuguese slaughterhouse. I thought I'd be sending you off with the other non-talking, non-dancing horses. <laughs> but I guess all those wily dealers in horse flesh died a few hundred thousand years ago in Earth's past anyway. So I guess that you're okay for now. That is until my people can line up something else. Willer, I'd sooner eat them, but then I'd have to spit them out because I am an herbivore. Now, I have just fed the coordinates to our new destination to the navigator. Do you have any objection to my plan? <laughs> Thanks for asking. No, I think that for Dr. Sagan, both the death penalty and the banishment are tidy options. Okay, navigator, lay in a course for Bilbo 4. Hey, we have a navigator. Aye, aye, sir. Course received from Mr. Ned. It's laid in now, sir. And ready to engage. Hey there, just so you folks at home all know, that's Mr. Dwadnum talking. He's a Tlom Blapashoon from the planet Tlom Blapapoon, and he's our alien navigator. You might not recognize him. Oh, he's been here for, um, um, a long time. We all know him very well. I think he may even have a first name that we also, um, know very well indeed. We sometimes even call him by it when we are at ease and relaxing in the ship's rec room. I see, the man's an alien. You can tell by the flabs of orange, wiggly skin on his head and by where his arms come out of his uniform. I'm not taken with a foreigner myself, but I understand that he did take one of those poison spears from me on planet Look Out There. He almost died, but he saved my life. I guess I should be a little less nauseated by him and a bit more grateful. I might just manage it. That is, if he keeps away from our women folk. Any chance that I can go home now? I think I've fed my fill of this farcical and rather unimaginative version of the future. Mr. Twadnam, grab it before it destroys what's left of our show's premise. You stay back. So is this what you would call an alien life form from one of your confederate planets? I must say, I expected better. Don't you realize how unlikely it would be that a life form which evolved in an alien planetary ecosystem would come to resemble us in any way? I say that chances are close to zero. 
I say, as I just got through with a saying, he's a space alien and he's nothing like us. He's got all kinds of orange plastic stuff glued to his skin and he wears aluminum clothes and stuff. And when was the last time you came across a name like Dwadnum in the phone directory? Captain, Mr. Dwadnum is gone. I was looking right at him, sir. And then suddenly he just tore off his costume and makeup and headed off to the studio cafeteria. Well, I hope you're satisfied, Mr. Sagan. You not only made our navigator disappear, but you also vanished every other allied alien that we could possibly relate to. Now I suppose we'll have to try to converse with hovering protoplastic jelly beings, even though they couldn't possibly bring with them any interesting plot potential. You're certainly not going to see the captain making out with one. Yuck! The thought of it is making me throw up in my own mouth! (laughs) The automatic door is just what I'm looking for. I realize that what you're all doing here is incredibly important, but could one of you take a minute just to show me how I can leave? Uh, I've got him, Tom. Uh. I've got him, Tom. Quick, hypo him. Get your hands up, me, you tub of lard. Uh, uh. See, what did I tell you, Pearl? And he's about the most objective man that you're ever going to come by. I'm not fat. It's just that I need to keep my weight up since King Radapanoida gives me my weight and precious gems every time my firm provides him with new war justification readouts. I see. I think I have a hypodermic thingamajig in my medical kit here. Let's see, there's a stick of gum, some fishing tackle, some snake repellent. I really hate the smell of that stuff. No, sir, it does not agree with me. Oh, and look at here, a generous helping of prune succotash. I'll enjoy that later. Doc, we're on the last page of the script. Could you just find it already? Ah, here it comes. Doc, you hit Sagan over the head with your medical tricorder. I thought that was the cure for Rigelian narcolepsy. It's also a universal and multi-purpose sedative. You know, we're probably the only ship in the fleet that would have fewer casualties if we didn't retain a chief medical officer. (laughs) Yes, but I'd marry him all over again. That is to any one of a dozen serving female crewmen. (laughs) I could do that as captain and as a Mormon bishop. Well, I guess we should load him into an anti-grav cart and dump him onto Bilbo 4, which is probably some deserted Hollywood backlot. Make sure they're not filming the Big Valley or any other shows down there. (laughs) <laughs> we wouldn't want Sagan to use his black scientific magic to destroy the premise of our American westerns. I should say not. Our own rugged independent spirit, thirst for expansionism, and proud idealistic illiteracy all stems from mythology that was originally forged in the American western. Um, so maybe we better kill him after all. Captain, the anti-grav cart is not working. We'll have to use your little red wagon. Very well, Mr. Welsh. You'll find the keys that unlock that padlock inside my teddy bear, which is in the freezer. <laughs> He's in suspended animation, too, just waiting for Daddy to come home. <laughs> anyway, take Dr. Sagan in the wagon, beam him down to the planet, and give him some macaroons. He means to say maroon him down there, Welsh. Hi, aye, aye, Captain. We're on our way. You know, wouldn't it be something to visit that back lot again in about 50 years just to see what might have grown from that Sagan seed that we planted there today? <laughs> just imagine what he might do in that small piece of uncivilized waste ground. I imagine that he might discover a new species of slime mold 
There's probably not a lot to work with down there. My God, I'm glad that's over. So, Captain, do you think now that Sagan's gone, everything about our ship and our universe will revert back to how it was before? Well, this would be a pretty pointless show to watch if we were only able to deal with reality and known scientific facts, wouldn't it? I mean, for Corn's sake, who's gonna want to sit around and watch a bunch of certified losers and a mute horse essentially sitting, growing foils, and talking about corn futures? I say, what time did you say that show was on? <laughs> Spin us out of orbit, Mr. Sulu, and then I guess just tool around a bit in interstellar space. I'm sure that we won't lack for things to talk about. Hi, <laughs> sir. Yeah. 
you've got splinters already. It sounds new. It sounds new. Everything's new. Everything's new. Everything's new. She's been swearing her own life, but no dating for the name. No dating for the name, and I can swear it to the name, but it's all new. And I swear it's all new. It's all new. And I swear it's all new. What you do, just like it's new. We should just do a blues band. That'd be easy. Yeah, it'd be real simple. Yeah, just <laughs> All you gotta do is suffer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we can do that. You're gonna play the blues. You gotta suffer. Okay. Well, we should be recording this because this is stuff is gold. We are. It's golden. <laughs> we are. Oh great. Oh great. <laughs> he always fools me. <laughs> and now I look like an well, idiot. Let's see. I sit here and I say, Matt, are you ready to go? And you're like, Yeah. And I press the button, and he's like, Whoa! I didn't know you were recording. <laughs> I never do. <laughs> We were supposed to start with, and now, introducing a brand new podcast. And now, it's a Star Trek musical. I know most of you always wanted a Star Trek musical. And now it's here. Yeah, so Joe is like launching a new um, a new uh, website podcast. Well, it's a website dedicated to the Ned Trek portion of our podcast. Wake up now! Uh, 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 okay. And <laughs> I'm awake now. Yes. It's, it's all new. Yeah. It's all new. Yes. This year podcast seems old, but it's spanking new. It's new. It's, it's new. new. It's new. Good new. That's nice. Yeah, it's like all kind of, you know, it's it's like putting wheels on something you've been dragging around for a long time, and now it's got wheels on it. Yes. Uh, well, Ned Trek has been part of our podcast for quite some time now. For about 400 years or, or maybe three years. Three, three years. years. Ah, three I years. think it's three years. Yeah, three yeah. years. Three years. Yeah, there's been, what, 24 episodes? Yeah. So, and, of course, we're... <laughs> We've kind of slowed down during the Christmas. Yeah, because we're too goddamn busy, okay? I've got like 40 things to do all the time, Joe. That's true, man. I couldn't make it. I mean, we only work on things for two hours a week, and I couldn't make it for the last three weeks. And Matt's been chasing peregrines around. Peregrines? What are those? Peregrines. A pair of greens? A pair of big greens. Like the green pants, pale green pants with nobody in them? He's been chasing Peregrines. some pants okay. Sorry, I pronounced chasing it wrong. Some pants around and chase <laughs> some pants around. They're poison pants. Poison pants. Poison pants. Poison. Yeah, I've been chasing poison pants around. Okay. Now, peregrine falcons. We have a peregrine falcon project, and uh, we had fledgling watch and. It, it was very problematic this year, and I won't go into it. Extremely problematic, yes. Uh, but Matt's been occupied with this for weeks. Yes, and other things, too. And other things. Yes. Very the kingbird. More busy than you. Very You You, like, busy. live a life of leisure from what oh, I yeah, see. Oh, yeah, it's great, just yeah. swimming in lush pools. Wall-to-wall He's leisure. He's been swimming in lush pools, folks. I've just been You've got, like, some fancy iron work on your house. 
That's right. Yeah. Well, some guy's been putting scaffolding up because Joe wants a permanent Santa in his chimney. Somebody's painting because a mural. he's always giving himself prizes and it's, presents. It's and a modern awards. Leonardo. Joe's got awards. Painting this mural on the side of my house. That's it's my I'm head. Doing, it's the head of God. <laughs> <laughs> and I am giving life to a fig tree. Smash all the heads up of, <laughs> off of all the statues. I had all the heads removed from the <laughs> And replaced with one of my own. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We'll be doing that. We'll be doing that soon. It'll be Joe's head. To kill him would be impious. <laughs> And now he's using the word impious to impress us all. <laughs> and now, the moment you've all been waiting for. A new website podcast based on the television show Star Trek. Except this time it's called Ned Trek. And I know most of you thought that the only thing about Star Trek you didn't like is that every other episode wasn't a musical. And now, every episode is a musical. Every other episode is a musical, you fool. <laughs> I've already fucked up the announcement. So that's one of the projects we're doing for you all. And then we have another project. <laughs> we have another project. <laughs> and it's it's already started well anyway. The other project is another way to, to to put the same things that we've already done in a different basket. And try and sell it, please. Would you please buy it? The principal challenge of our lives so far is finding enough baskets. We're to hoping, put the same projects. Into we're hoping that CBS will will hear us and and they will hire well, us to do all of their shows. They did it for the Smothers Brothers. Why wouldn't they do it for us? We're brothers. And we're, <laughs> I play the bass guitar. Yes, and and so I can, wear glasses. And Joe can juggle. <laughs> I can juggle. I can juggle. I can juggle a big I can juggle. I can talk. <laughs> I noticed that when I was when I was doing the when I was editing the last episode of Ned Truck that you folks just heard. Uh, and wasn't it great? Wasn't it? Wasn't it great? <laughs> Wait a minute. And wasn't it great, folks? <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't do that. <laughs> For a little while, while I was doing Paul Wolfowitz, which I can't remember what he sounds like, folks. <laughs> and so I was just doing one of my standard voices. And somehow it kind of turned into Paul Lynn a little bit. It's like I never knew I could do Paul Lynn. But I inadvertently was doing Paul Lynn. <laughs> I can't do it now if I tried, but for some reason it was this kind of... <laughs> it was this kind of inhibited constrained voice. kids what's the matter with kids today yeah, you know you know <laughs> i just break you up don't I? <laughs> it almost half sounds like jack nicholson <laughs> yeah that's true there's a little bit of jack nicholson I just break you up don't well that's right he well he's saying you know they're probably from the same town yeah all in jack nicholson they they shared a room together joe you know they, they went were, to they high school together friends, what are you friends. talking about they were both on Easy Rider. Yeah, they were. Paul Lynn fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Onto his head, apparently. <laughs> Paul Lynn was shot, too. <laughs> That's right. He and was... he ended up in the Hollywood Square. He was, <laughs> he was shot off his Hollywood Square. <laughs> <laughs> he was shot off his Orson Bean. <laughs> Paul Lynn was shot off his <coughs> Hollywood Square. 
<laughs> okay, so um, let's uh, let's get back to what we were talking. Oh yes, that's right. Let's okay, well, new... we launched a new website for Ned Trek. Very uh, exciting. Collecting the episodes of Ned Trek without all this extraneous material that we're recording right now. Now <laughs> say it like Bob McAllister. <laughs> yes, we've decided to. <laughs> I can't remember what he sounds like. I think he sounds like that. The really, really people too. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Okay. Back to the buzzer. Uh, yes, game. we are yes, we are launching a website uh for Nedtrek, which is just going to be the Nedtrek episodes from our podcast, and they will be there in audio form. Well, Matt, you can find it at nedtrek.com. That's nedtrek.com. All one word. N-E-D-T-R-E-K dot com. I'll bet you're looking forward to that. I'm going to put my search engine on that, that's for sure. That's right. And that's a thing, Matt. I that's know. a real thing. That's a thing that kids use. <laughs> that's the thing that kids use when they want to get cool. And I'm already cool, so I must know about it already. You probably knew that's about great. it when you were born. Well, that's great, Joe. I'm looking very forward to checking out that website and maybe even listening to the podcast. Here's something, Bob. The Declaration of Independence written in noodles. <laughs> yeah, that was an actual quote from Gerald Ford when he was showing Bob Hope. Yeah, it was some some interesting things that submitted have been memorabilia su- for submitted the, the Ford Library. I think, yeah, right? things that yeah. they sent to his library. Yeah, and one was the Declaration, the Declaration of, of Independence, Independence written, written in noodles, written in pasta noodles. <laughs> I'm not really sure what that's trying to say, but here's something, Bob. <laughs> and they were trying to make it into like a, you know, like a a buddy kind of uh, you know comedy yeah. routine. Of you course, know, like a, you know Gerald Ford was a natural. Yes, he was an absolute natural. He's kind of more slapstick was his stuff. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah, more of a slapstick guy. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was interesting. He's always knocking into the flag and stuff. Hey, quit knocking the flag. Hey, quit knocking the flag. Yeah. So, the other project we wanted to talk about today... Yes. We're we're thinking about... It's our next album. Yeah, we're thinking about our next album. We wanted you all at home to help us. Help us. Help us decide what (laughs) songs we can pluck out of the Ned Truck show to make our new album with. I think that's a good idea. So we're going to talk about some of the songs and what they mean to us and what they, they meant to the show. And, oh my God, this is so dull. Very important. Make this livelier, Joe. Dance around. Jump up and down. Hey, folks. We're going to try something different. Going to try something fun. Going to try something new. Something old, something new. Hey, hey, you, you can help us if you want to, you can. Okay, folks, we really need your help with this. No, we don't, actually. We're going to just do it ourselves, and you'll like it or you won't. Who really cares? (laughs) (laughs) Nice! We don't give a crap what you think. Nice! (laughs) We really don't. That's why we're doing this and not doing something that we would have to care what you thought of. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. It makes sense to We're me. Doing what the hell we want now? We spent too much time, you know, cow to the man. 
to the to the suits. <laughs> We're not doing that. Because Man, town to free, the cow. Joe. Birds are free. Birds are free. Birds are meant to be free. <laughs> In L.A., we it's call that sauce. weak sauce, Joe. It's weak sauce. <laughs> okay, so we're not listening to the suits anymore. We're Birds just gonna, are born to be free. We're gonna, we're gonna make our album, and it's gonna suck, and we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Suckitude. <laughs> Nobody will buy it, and we we could care less. Well, we've got a whole bin full of songs that we recorded for the podcast specifically yes, for Ned they're Trek. all like haphazardly recorded, like we usually do things, which means like we take no time. Or we don't do any arrangements. and Well, we did a little bit of arranging. Yeah, a little bit. Mostly with background vocals. That's like the only thing we've ever arranged, really. I don't think, well, you may have arranged some horn sections. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, but, pretty but much they're kind just, of ad hoc arrangements. This is like pretty a much I take a guitar and kind of strum to a click track. And then we like add things to it later. And it all sounds a little herky-jerky because we weren't really playing at the same time. <coughs> Sorry about that. But this time we're gonna re we're gonna mend the leg. We're, <laughs> we're gonna, gonna mend the leg. We're going to, <laughs> we're going to rebuild. Some we're gonna of these put songs. them through the quick machine. Some of them probably sound like they don't need too much rebuilding. But um, my the ones I've listened to, it sounds like often the the bass sounds a little bit off. You know, with the drums, it's like it didn't know what the drums would be doing because the drums weren't on when the when the bass part got laid down. So. Right, so we need to uh, sort of re yeah. reimagine. Them. Yes, so we have to reimagine them, to them. turn them into but, an album. See, I think uh, the the first problem that presents itself right now is we have like fifty songs, and that's obviously going to be a big album, Joe. It's obviously too big for a. Going to be a big album, album so. Jokey. Unless we're <laughs> so we're going to do, do some like weeding. a gatefold. We're going to do some weedy double album. So why don't what we do is we'll we'll talk about some songs and we'll say definitely no or maybe. And definitely, yes. Right. And I promise you we won't go through all 50 songs. Oh, we're going to go through all 50 songs. Okay. Starting no. with <laughs> the first song I wrote when I was 12 years old. It went... <laughs> That's exactly how it went. <laughs> I was laughed out of Utica. <laughs> I was my first band was called Laughed Out of Utica. Okay. Well, so okay, Joe. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> should explain that. <laughs> oh no, don't explain anything. Then they'll, no, then they'll want everything seriously. explained. You know, if we explained everything, we'd be explaining every inside well, joke we ever said. Everything. And it's like you who just wrote an episode of Ned Trag that Ned Trag that had about <laughs> forty-seven inside jokes in it that are never explained. So. You don't get to explain things anymore. <laughs> well, we're going to do a separate podcast called Our Podcast Explained. I tried to. <laughs> it's like whenever I saw an inside joke, I tried to turn it into something else, too. So at least somebody else might get a laugh out of it besides <laughs> us. <laughs> Fan that line. I was just about to go off. <laughs> which, was a, which was a quote of one of our friends saying when he was about to... I was just about to go off. When he was about to, like play some guitar solo when the other guy walked away and said oh fucker i was about to go off 
And we're the only ones who understand that joke. And he puts it into the episode as if somebody else is going to get it. Nobody would get it. Even the guy that said it wouldn't get it. Because <laughs> he, he, didn't, we're the only ones who he didn't know that John was recording him. <laughs> so we could all laugh about it later. <laughs> That's got to be illegal. That's sad. That's just a sad. little young Richard Nixon. Young Nixon. Young Nixon, get out of my Get out of my Wow, what a great idea for a song. <laughs> Shit. Young It'll be Nixon singing about himself, you know. <laughs> Young Dick, get out of my head. <laughs> oh boy, that's that writes itself. <laughs> I'm 27 years dead. That that's gross, Jerry. You ruined it. You oh. ruined it. Damn. Now we're all dark. You made it dark. It's gone dark. You made okay, it dark, so, and it stinks. So, what are the first songs that we are going to consider? Here? Okay. Well, if we go back to the first musical episode of Ned Truck, it was the Libertarian episode, and it had it had the Space Libertarian songs, which were pretty close ripoffs of of the um, the We to Eden episode. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any of that as... Okay. Because I don't have those recordings. Oh, you don't? Here. Great. I guess somebody's prepared. I have them upstairs, you ass. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) folks. We're all going upstairs now. (laughs) We're all going upstairs. (laughs) Well, I didn't know we were doing this, so... I I told you like an hour ago. He could have gotten everything ready in that hour, but no. But no. He was washing his ass or something <laughs> for an hour. He was washing his ass for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still not clean. <laughs> what does that say? Still working on it. And it's still not clean. Well, Captain. I, okay. <laughs> I, I have the songs from the next musical episode. Okay, so we're skipping that one. Okay, the next one was the... That was the one where, I don't know, that was the one, oh, that was the one with, like, uh, John Ashcroft, right? Right. Song that sounded something like this. Was there anything good on that one? Yes. <laughs> Not that one. That's that like the avant-garde one. By the way, you don't have the whole version of that one, because the one that I put... On the podcast, I added some bits to it. I added some backwards John Ashcroft singing, like, Let the Eagle Soar. Right. So so you don't have that. That's only available on the podcast, folks. That's only available on the album. So LP. that would be... What you have would, would be on the Rarities album. <laughs> and that A collector's item. Okay, well, that's the intro. Yeah, that was the said Senator Reverend Doctor. That was like the the intro for Dr. Coburn's song. So that's probably one that we'd want on the album, I think. That intro and the song. So that's probably a keeper. You and might want to write that one down, is... Joe. 
Yeah, I think that's a keeper. Yeah, we have to do that one because it it really explains something to the folks. That's <laughs> it. Says something to the folks. It says something to the folks about how how the how the the south, south is rising. How the south Shining. is really uh, losing their freedom to to own yeah. people as property. Yeah, they that was a terrible loss. So of they freedom. were deprived. They, they were, were never recompensed properly. Yeah. <laughs> Loss of freedom. <laughs> Loss of freedom to own other people. Yeah. Yes, that was great. That's, yes. That's true story. True of course, story. then, you know, there's people coming up from Mexico, okay, Matt? Oh, no, he's turning into Trump. They are bringing crime. They are bringing drugs. Bomb hold rump. They are rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. You could do rump. Rump. Yes. He's a good man. He's a good man. He's a good man. Yeah. <laughs> my Mr. Buckalo. Yeah, He's a, a good man. Teacher in high school who in nineteen oh, Jesus Christ. Nineteen nineteen eighty went over the entire slate of Republican <laughs> candidates saying he's a good man. He's a good man. Connolly, he's a good man. <laughs> I don't know who else was up. Well, Reagan and George H.W. Bush were there in the lineup. He's a good man. He's a good man. I forgot who else. Oh. It's too long now. Too long. Very long. Um, there's Pearl's song of that time, which is proud to be a neocon. Hmm. And there's a Romney song. And there's a song about a yellow submarine. It's <laughs> a song about a yellow submarine. <laughs> yes. yes. We've covered that. Ground. We've covered We've that. Covered that ground. Ground. Yes. <clears throat> Call now. So, uh... so, yeah, okay. And another song would be uh, the Pearl song. I don't, I don't know. That's probably not quite up to standard. And we got that would practically put us into and that would practically put us into the Christmas songs, the Christmas episode. Well, what else is there on that one? <laughs> like That's what out. I'm looking at. Oh, yeah, but there were more episodes than that Ashcroft episode. There are more songs in the Ashcroft. Is yeah. there a reason? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was there was a Nixon song. There was the Ned song. Yeah. Which is. Which one was it? We would have to listen to it. Well, do you have the name of it? It just says Ned's song. Oh. That's <laughs> not very helpful. Well, I mean, at the time, it was yeah, the only it was one like we the had. the only time we <laughs> yeah. ever had a Ned song. Oh, yeah, somewhere beyond Mitt Romney. Oh, yeah, know. okay. Yeah. yeah, kind of based loosely on somewhere beyond Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not up to snuff. 
for the for the album. Well, there's, a the to, album. there's a lot to choose from. So uh, and let's what move else on. is on there? Let's move on. Okay, we said I said the Pearl song is probably what was Nixon what did Mitt Romney sing in that song. one? He sang, "Hey, hey, 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 hey." Oh, oh no 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 no! <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> hey 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 hey! Oh no 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 no! Hey 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 hey! Oh no 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 no! At your door. Okay, yeah, put a maybe, maybe on this one. There's a maybe in there. A maybe. Okay, how about the, let's see, what else we got? We have, well, we talked about the Pearl song. I can't um, remember Nixon. what, Nixon did the kind of a folk song for that one. Yeah, it was. Which was based loosely on bitter drugs. Right. So, so which was a song that they did in Plato's Stepchildren. Well, this is a lot of, this is going to be a lot of work, folks. Yes, it might be. Okay, that puts us into Christmas. Yeah, it does. Yeah, quite so. (laughs) Quite so. Are you sure there's not another song? Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. You're right, because Welsh didn't have songs yet. Okay, so the the next episode is the Christmas episode? (laughs) Yes. Wow. That's the next one that we did music for. Okay, so what are the songs in that one? They are Nixon Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> Dick's Miss Christmas, what the hell? Just don't give yourself Humphrey. Oh, yeah. Kind of forgot about that one. Yeah, listen. I'll give you a little sample. Can get me live? Oh, yes, on tape. You can place beneath the tree. Make Christmas, Dick's Miss, what the hell? Just don't give yourself <laughs> what's what's the hook in this one though i don't think there is a hook uh, <laughs> maybe maybe that's a maybe <laughs> i got a maybe it's 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 okay <laughs> all the nixons aren't okay. <laughs> <laughs> well they're pretty good <laughs> Okay, what else is in there? Um, Doc's Christmas, which is... Oh, yeah, that's that weird song. Yeah. It's the one with the Russian backup singers. (laughs) What? Inexplicably, Uh, it's Russian Russian backup backup singers. singers. (laughs) This one would definitely have to be reworked a bit. And then there's a song about a lonely spinster. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't it follow that such terrible people would have terrible religion and a pride to push in our faces and it's just another day? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think we got to do this one. Yeah, yeah, we have to do this one. Uh, Just to justify getting sued by someone, we should do this. One question we have to ask, are we singing it like ourselves, or are we going to sing it like the characters still? Doesn't it follow that such horror? Well, we'll we'll figure that out. Big Green does 
Mitt Romney's song <laughs> from Outer Space. Or it could be just Mitt Romney's. We can talk about that title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then there's a... Uh... Dum, 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 dum. Each second day is Christmas. Proceeded by its eve. Consumers take your places. We want every shop left clean. Investors won't be waiting. All registers will ring. Yeah, that's okay. That's good. It's another hit song. <laughs> couple of, uh, couple so, of folks, Christmas. what do you think? Should we do that song too for the record? For the record, sure, Matty. Sure, Matt. That sounds great. Where are we going? To the top, Matty. What's the top? <laughs> the toppermost of the coppermost, Matty. The coppermost of the. <laughs> The coppermost of the coppermost. That's right, kids. That's <laughs> right. Anyway, we're very old. Oh, 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 oh. We're so old Ow. now. Okay. Ow. What's next? Um, I mean, Mark Pearl had a Christmas song too. That's a that I think we want to do too. What's a dull and pernicious piece? There's no fire in the Christmas tree I'm alone, not feeling well From where I sit, the lack of war is hell I'm such a lonely little Leah Hanging out in space and looking to make a war In case you've all forgot yeah, we have to do this one. We don't do any other songs like this one. <laughs> Just to keep okay. the diversity up. Neocon we have to do that one. Christmas. That's also extremely sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The only thing we do. This really is the only thing we do. We, we do sarcasm and that's it. We're just big very, sarcastic jerks. Very good. We very could boil this down. We're just big, sarcastic assholes. I'm sorry, folks, but it turns out we're just big, sarcastic assholes. (laughs) If we were stuck in the ice for four days, you wouldn't care, would you? Would you? I wouldn't care. (laughs) The giant dick on the bridge. (laughs) There's a giant dick on the bridge. Okay, um, what's Okay, next? so after that came... What's the next musical episode after that, Joe? Well, that should be easy. I'll just look at our new website. <laughs> but you don't have all the episodes on it. <laughs> but I have the listings of where, which songs are in which episodes. Oh, you do? Okay. Yes. Well, that's good. Okay, so is, there's Spectre's... Stepchildren, that's what we... Yeah, that was the first one. We've been through that. Yes, we've been through that. And there's the free enterprise syndrome, (laughs) which is 
I'm so happy and peaceful hey, yeah, that's here. Good, that was that actually started as a, the theme song to one of my cats, and oh, it okay. turned into turned into Mitt Romney's <laughs> happy and peaceful song because he was. It was a takeoff on Captain Kirk being all happy and peaceful, pretending to be a, an Indian with sideburns. <laughs> sideburns? <laughs> with big fuzzy sideburns. On a plastic Indian suit. <laughs> so, imagine Mitt Romney. Imagine that, folks! Imagine that! That's fantastic! Well, that's just outstanding. <laughs> 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 That's a bushism. Yeah, it is. I had Lee Majors say that line. <laughs> well, that's that's, that's just, just out, outstanding. That's just outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> that's some contrived <laughs> town hall meeting, and somebody said something about it. Something they had like did. they had like four jobs or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's just outstanding, <laughs> isn't that America? America, ain't that America? <sighs> Okay. Yeah, I don't know that I have any of these recordings handy. Let's just name the songs. There's my masterpiece sung by Pearl, which I think is probably worth worth trying to do, just because it's... How's that one go? It goes, um... Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh yeah, Go that to the that. Enterprise Institute. No put oh, yeah, on okay, your yeah. suit. Yeah, yeah, we definitely have day. to do that one. That's we don't have anything like that one either. Pearl seems to be all over the place with his the types type of music that he does. My masterpiece. Four out of five. Yeah, right. Yeah, I remember it now. This is my masterpiece. Welsh did that Space is the Devil song. Oh, yeah, that's a, Yeah, I have to do <laughs> that. One. Engage these engines, you'll blow this whole deck. Yeah. Movie time. Yeah, that one's good. Right? Kirsten Falleck. Kirsten Falleck. <laughs> yeah, the nebula's brine. Is yeah, that's. Yeah, we actually have to keep that one. Well, let me do parts of it. It's. Uh, it's a very good song. <laughs> it's going to have some uh, distortion in it, as I remember. <laughs> just atoms inside us worms face as the devil it keeps us warm <laughs> thank you Robert Burns <laughs> inspired by Robert Burns folks yeah yeah that was weird what's <laughs> <laughs> it going at? <laughs> Did you say the probe? Yeah, it's like talking about the talking about the computer or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, they brought it. it up on blocks. <laughs> yeah. You could see everything. Left Didn't leave the anything <laughs> to the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> the library computer. That's right. <laughs> oh, do you think the probe heard me? <laughs> oh yeah, because the warning boy. <laughs> the warning boy. The boy is here. <laughs> 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 Just the thought of the last time Nixon fell in love, <laughs> filled my head with the worst images I could possibly imagine. <laughs> uh, that was bizarre. Disturbing. Disturbing. Yes, you can hear that episode. That's one of the ones that's posted. You can hear yeah. it. And you can 
hear us talking I mean, like hey, this. Good. Hear us talking like that, this. No, there won't be any of us talking like this. Yeah, That's some... the advantage of that website. You you cut out us yeah, completely. You cut out all this. All down. the unscripted stuff. So we'll we'll be completely unscripted. Okay. And then Ned's song. Imagine right? it, folks. Ned's... Us completely unscripted. Are you finished? No. Ned's song is... <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Mr. Blah, blah, blah. Mr. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, this horse's sense. How's that go? If I come down, if I come down. Yeah, probably not that. If one. I heard yeah. him, that's kind of bad. Yeah. Okay, that was bad. One. I like it, but it's fake. okay. Um, the middle middle eight wasn't too bad. But the next set of songs is from the Caract episode. Okay. And that includes Die Dee Die. Die Dee Die. Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah. yeah. That was Nixon, die, die, Nixon die, die, doing a takeoff on. Die Dee Die. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take off on. <laughs> I am Mr. Simon's lawyer. <laughs> yeah, we got sued for that one by Mr. Sa- <laughs> yeah. Paul Simon's lawyer. Mr. Simon's lawyer. Yeah. Die Dee Die. And for the middle part. The same lawyer. I am David Bowie's lawyer. <laughs> that song is "Poor Sick Jerk in a Herd." Yeah, can you play that one? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> well, going? actually, I could. I might be able to find it on the episode. How does it? That's okay. It How goes, does it go? So this is the best Well, let's let's put a big baby. There's the pearl song that goes well, well, well. I'm doing oh yeah, so well. that's kind of another well, take off on Paul well, well, Simon. Well, well, I'm Mr. Simon's well. lawyer again. <laughs> I am Mr. Simon. You can put a maybe or uh, uh, a definite on that one if you want to. Well, let's put that a was competent. Um, Romney Care, which was how did that go? That's what was Romney's one? Oh, what was Romney's no. song? Oh, it's that. I don't remember. Um, you see, that was my thinking. Some commie Kool-Aid I must have been drinking. FDR was a travesty. Bob. So was Mr. Lincoln. Listen, all you men. Yeah, that one's yeah. That one's definite. Yeah. Are you gonna plug these into like little bits of it to yeah. this podcast? Okay. Yeah. Oh no. This is completely. This is going out live. We're streaming. Right now. <laughs> we we may have broken the suck record. <laughs> We're certainly challenging it. Still running. Outstanding. Outst- <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this podcast is outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Says George W. Bush. 
Okay. The next one is Some Healthcare by Welsh. If I only had me some health care, I may not be lying dead over there. <laughs> Space probe machine. It's, it's the only song that uses a refrain called <laughs> that. That put it maybe Space back. Space probe. Maybe. It would have to be reworked a little bit, I think. Some. It was a little out of key. I found it's always kind of painful to hear it because it's like, oh, okay. that's a little out of key. Oh, oh, oh. In case those of you out there wondered if it hurts us when we're out of key, it does. Then there's Medicare by Doc, which is, you're going to take any socialist Medicare or die on the road. Yeah, I think we have to do that. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) <laughs> and when he comes back <laughs> he do his tricks <laughs> oh, yeah that's right when Jesus yeah. is gonna come back and do his tricks <laughs> <laughs> pretty good okay. okay so the next musical the next episode. one is the next one is Old Maple Glory oh uh, okay which is the one with Rick yeah okay so the resurrection that's good the death and resurrection right. yeah. That's got Doc Flapjack. Yeah, I have to do that. I have to do that one. That one's different. Yeah. What's that? How does that go? Because, uh... Was a total eclipse my lips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, these are some of these are kind of psychedelic songs. Oh yeah, so yeah. The two psychedelic songs yeah. we, we want. So there's your Belinda, there's, my Belinda. Yeah, that definitely. And that one was recorded so poorly. So th- this time we'll we'll redo it so it sounds like something because it was it was like very minimal the, recording that yeah, one we gotta figure out what the and the Ned one was was a little off kilter too which I forgot to put it into the podcast while I was doing it so it doesn't appear till the end of the show it was supposed to be cut in during the part where Ned was like um mixing the, the syrup he was like right. hooked the up syrup. to the, he was hooked up to the stir, the syrup stirring machine would we do sugar shack yeah Sugar Shirk? Yeah, because that's This is getting to be a very long list. I know. Well, we can read it out later. We could do like 20 songs on there. That's okay. It's already more than that. You're kidding, really? Well, there's a lot of maybes, though. Well, there's one, two, three, four, five, six maybes. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten the more recent ones, and there are some of the more recent ones that I most definitely want to. Okay, well, I mean, you know how it goes. We'll record a bunch of them, and a lot of them will think, oh, my God, this still sucks. And so we'll have to drop it, so we'll still have others. Oh, yes. And so what? Who cares how long it is anyway? I, I mean, the, the stupid... I care. The stupid Rick Perry had 23 songs on it, didn't it, or something? 21. 21? Yeah. It's longish. Yeah. We could just play them all in fast motion. Play them fast. 
This one had Mother Load by Pearl. Mother Load. Oh, yeah, that's good. Load. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> that's kind of funkified. recording wasn't bad either some of those recordings weren't too bad yeah cause they, they all need they'll oh but yeah, they, yeah um yeah. Yeah. sugar shack did we say sugar yes shack? Yeah. said ages ago super and Ned's song was kind of was kind of a big band song too wasn't it uh no that was uh, nobody right you're talking about willard right are you talking about Willard? No, Willard had had a kind of band, yeah. big band kind of sign, but so did Ned in that episode, I thought. He had kind of a... Oh, no, that's right. It was a psychedelic song. Sorry. Sorry. Super Sugar Crash. I'm thinking about the next episode. Yeah, yeah. How about the uh, How about the acapella song? Let's stir that. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> no, we don't need that. Can be special to the episode, Joe. Okay. I think if we're gonna drop one, it could be that one. Okay. Hi, yeah. I think that's I think that's it for that one. Yeah. 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 Uh next episode, Mitt's Brain. Well wait, was there an accent song in that one? Yeah, it was the Yarbalin. Oh yeah, okay, sorry. Right. Yeah, I'm getting sleepy, so Wake up. I forgot. I'm forget. Um He's forgetting. He's forgetting. Uh the next episode is Mitt's Brain. That's got Doc's song is Brain, what is brain? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. What is brain? Okay. Then there's whatever. Romney knows. He knows without a brain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. That one's. That's got shades of West Side Story in it. Romney. So, do we get the Romney song? This guy. Oh, those things are hardwired. You're fired. <laughs> I think we've written down every yeah, Romney, Romney song so no, no. far. No, no, no. Okay. 
No, that's the that's the one from the the free enterprise syndrome. Right. And you wrote it down. That's the one that was the takeoff on Nelly's song. Right, right, right. right. The song for my cats. Happy and peaceful here. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, that's outstanding. This, out of this group, two lines. We definitely got to do two lines. Oh yeah, for sure. Chomp, chomp. Yeah, this the Sulu song. Sorry. Two lines. Keep on following me. You think a speech was beyond me? As if I couldn't read these same two lines. They keep on staring at me from this tortured page. This awful story. I'd say both of the Sulu songs we could. Okay. Yeah. Uh, send in some advisors. Yep. I think that's a really good song. Yep. Send in some advisors. Boatload of advisors. Send in some advisors if you want. And that's a Dutch you lost your mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if I could. I love that song. Yeah. Lost. That's, I think that's my favorite Ned song next to the Christmas song. Yeah. Well, I could see you the same yeah. stupid Yeah, that was the one I was thinking should, was in the episode before because it was kind of a big band. Big bandish. Is that the only. Okay. Are we done with that one? Yes. Brain, what is brain? Whatever Romney is, this is the Nixon action. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Now is the time for the Nixon action. Well, that's got Henry Kissinger singing it. You just put a maybe by that one. We've taken every song from that episode. I don't think we left out one. Uh, what was Pearl's song though? Didn't Pearl? Oh yeah, Pearl was sending some advisors. Oh yeah, okay. Um. Nixon action two Did lines. we skip anything? No. Okay. Then we're up to the present. Okay. I think Why for this album, we might want to um, cut off the album at this point. Like, if we have songs after this, we don't consider them, and we consider them for the next album. Yeah. Because this is too many. Well, this is. is Jesus Has Its Own Mind. But I think we really got yeah, to do that, that one. Yeah. Jesus Mind. Jesus, mind, yes. Mind. Um, I think certainly up on the bridge. <laughs> no question. That up on the bridge, out of all the songs we've ever done, we spent more time on the background. That <laughs> and we we did a whole session working on the background vocal. Yeah. That was that was pretty serious. Um, naturally, what is? Oh yeah, that's it. Naturally, yeah, that's it. That maybe. I think if we <laughs> we might have to kill the background. <laughs> so, natch, natch, naturally, natch, natch. <laughs> that's a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> you think? 
<laughs> it almost sounds like we're saying act naturally too. I'm Matt is texting. Text He's texting in the middle of a podcast. Is it a new phone? Yeah, I had to get a new phone. What the hell? I got my old. Let me so. see that thing. What the hell? I needed a phone where I could check on the, the Falcons. I couldn't do it Was with it an my iPhone? Phone. Yes. Oh my goodness. It, I can uh, watch the... Do you like it? I'm getting used to it. I didn't like it at first because it couldn't do anything except for do the Falcons. I literally went through the store and had the guy like show me what my Falcon website looked like, you know, the live stream on every phone until it's like, okay, it looks best on that one. Thanks. I'll take that one. What, what is it? <laughs> but the the it plays the the live stream really well. So while during Fledge Watch, I was able to check to see what they're doing in the box first. Right now, it's not doing it. <laughs> oh, you, that's why. Are I'm you getting the Wi-Fi? No, no, because I, I don't have your code. I have the login someplace. Oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I could show you some. Doesn't matter. It takes good photos. I'll show you Orion in the hospital. Oh, well, that's not Orion, actually. That's that's Sky. I've got pictures of Orion too. Orion didn't make it because Orion smashed yes, into a window. Sky's in the hospital now. Poor honey. Because he, we don't know exactly what he did, but he doesn't have anything broken. But sure is handsome. Right there, there he is in jail. <laughs> what did he do? Here he is getting examined. Oh, that's nice. Wow. So you folks must find this really fascinating. Yeah, you could cut. I think I'm probably going to cut this out, Matt. <laughs> yeah, you could like just thinking. Put some wooden balls in there. Okay. Um. So what are we? What are we doing now? I would say, of course, the other one is Mad Bush. You're little man. Da, 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 da. You're okay then. Put yourself, in, paint yourself in the can. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the Mitt Romney song, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, take that. Push. And then. Uh, paint what I see. Yeah. That's kind of a George Bush song. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not sure. Not sure it relates, but... But you could put it as a maybe. Paint. What? Big maybe? And real talking horse. I'm a real talking horse. <laughs> it's the broken. Maybe, I guess. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Talking horse. And Stephanie's song. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. That was a big one. But there was more than that, wasn't there? Uh, Pink Wendacy, Naturally, Real Talking Horse, Stephanie's song, Up on the Bridge, Jesus Mind, Mad Bush. Oh, that's yes, it. That's it. Okay. That's it. Okay. So that's it. Okay, so how many is that? Looks like about 40. Oh, no. 
Two, three, and we didn't even include the Eden songs. Actually, some of those Eden songs weren't too bad. It's actually exactly forty. Some of the some of the Ian songs weren't too bad. Trying to get to Ian. So if we if we take out the there's thirty if we take out the maybes. Okay, well that's probably good. We could start with thirty, and then by the time we're finished, then. Uh, we'll probably only have 20. <laughs> we'll see which ones work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, it'll take about a year probably to do that. Yes. And then how do we do Do we not do the podcast for that period? Oh, we didn't think of that. We shall see. Well, we're going to do the thing simultaneously, Joe. We'll have to move mountains. Yeah. Well, we don't have to write the song, so it's just kind of just redoing parts and redoing, you doing like real drums on that. Not real drums. Terrible drumish drums. Yeah, those drums are so bad. They're really bad. Yeah, so now. Okay, so this is us back, and we like skipped a bit of the podcast because it was so incredibly boring with us talking. So we're cutting back in now. And, uh, oh, were you not recording now? Yes. Oh, ha! <laughs> I never know what he's doing. So, uh, we cut a bit Absolutely. out here. And now we're going to end the podcast. And so, it's we're ending time the podcast now. Time for, time us, for us, to us to go. Time for us to go. Time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to Listen to your heart's content.